You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, if you haven't had the opportunity to stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and talk with a battery specialist, you need to do that because these guys are very knowledgeable about every kind of battery, hence the name Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera to your rangefinder, any battery that you need, these guys can help you find. Even if it's a specific, unique, one-off battery, these guys can help you find what you need. If you want to find out more information on Interstate Batteries, about their brand, about their history, about the company in general, and all the batteries they offer, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. With me today, my co-host, Micah. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Andy couldn't make it this go-around, unfortunately. Nope. This was kind of a, it's kind of a two-parter anyways. We did one the other day, and then one tonight. Got to one done up. tonight, yeah. So today's episode um, is, we're, we're excited returning about. Returning guest. Returning guests. Uh, two of the uh, five guys drawn for the elk uh, hunt here in Missouri are going to come back on and talk about their success stories. Uh, Sam Schultz and Gene Gilkey uh, both were able to take a bull down during the rifle portion of elk season, and we get to talk to both of them about the story. Yeah, they give us a recap of everything that happened. So. Yeah, some funny stuff happened to both of them. And, <laughs> yep. Uh, some some crappy stuff happened to Sam right yeah, off the bat in, some in uh, dry, archery. Some dry spells, actually seeing some elk. I mean, we, we hear it all. So yeah. it's really good. They both did awesome jobs. And, I mean, obviously they both had success. We all know that. Yeah, so. yeah we're not we're not uh, going to be able to hide <laughs> yeah, it from yeah, we're anybody not anyway. Them. And also congratulations to the other guys, Mike sure. and, uh, and sure. Joe. Uh, and, you know, uh, Bill still, got Bill a still has bit. a chance. We're actually recording this the day after season. So – you know, there's always a chance he, there's always a chance he might have got something last yeah, night. Nobody we, knows about yeah, it yet. Know, but so. uh, congratulations to the other two guys as well. Uh, we weren't able to talk to them, but that's okay. Um, so first up, we're gonna have Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we're interviewing Sam over the phone. Um, Sam goes into just everything he did and his his success, and uh, we'll go from there. So you just want to get right into this. This will be a decently long episode. So yep. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right. On the line with us today is one of the the lucky five, Sam Schultz. Sam, what's up, man? How's it going? Oh, going good. Um, so for anybody that listened to our earlier episodes back when we first started our podcast, actually. Yeah, which one? Uh, was I it like four or something like I that? I don't remember. No, they were after that. but Were they? Yeah. Okay. There's another episode. What we're trying to get at is yeah. there's another episode where Sam came on with a few of the other um, guys that got uh, drawn for the elk tags in Missouri and talked about getting drawn. So Sam is a returning guest, so we appreciate that. And uh, now we got a really cool story to tell because... Sam, what'd you do? 
What'd you what, do, you son of a bitch? What time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As everybody well, knows, the four of the five guys, they all have had success. Yeah. I mean, so that's awesome. That's right. Missouri, so oh. we're recording this on, what, what's today's date here? The December 18th. 18th. Missouri has had one crazy week when it comes to elk hunting. Yeah. Yeah, it all kind of seemed to happen this week so far. Yeah, four, four of the five guys, like Micah said, have all uh, harvested a, a beautiful bull. All of them. Uh, all every of single them one of them, ones. which is obviously the only thing they can shoot. Sure. But uh, they've all harvested one in the last week. Sam got it done. What day, buddy? Uh, Tuesday night. I think it was at the 15th. Nice. That sounds right, yeah. I'll, I'll take your word I for it. I'm not looking like at a calendar. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't pay that much attention to the dates. Yep. <laughs> I just remember it was a Tuesday night. Right. Awesome. So we're going to tell some stories today. Um, before we get into it, so we haven't talked to you since you found out. Uh, I mean, I've, text, I've texted you back and forth, kind of keeping in touch. Uh, so I kind of know some of this stuff. But uh, why don't we start with once you found out, we talked to you and how excited you were and all that stuff. What did you do from the time you found out till the time archery season hit as far as getting ready? For for the people that haven't or don't know, uh, Sam doesn't live anywhere near where he was hunting. Uh, you live up by St. Louis, right? I live uh, about 60 miles north of St. Louis. Yeah, so even further. Yeah, um, It's not like Sam gets to just take a, a, a afternoon trip down to um, the conservation, Shannon, Carter, and Reynolds counties and do some scouting. So what did you do from the time you found out till the time of the season hit to kind of get yourself ready? So really all I did was uh, I found out where Peck Ranch was and started from there <laughs> and just kind of started working my way around it, learning the area, yeah, figuring out where roads go, where they come out and where they dead in. And you turn around and drive back a couple miles, you know, Things what, like uh, things like that, really. Was uh, this you driving down there, or is this, this all online looking, like maps and um, stuff? No, I, I actually did very little online. I just kind of pulled it up a few times on... Um, Google Earth hunt, or whatnot? Uh, yeah, like on X, on, on X okay. Hunt or yeah. Hunt Stand or whatever. Yep. And I uh, just kind of got a quick look at it, and then uh, I'm... I don't know. I don't scout that way. I'm uh, I'm boots, boots on, on the, the ground, ground guy. <laughs> yeah, boots yeah. on the ground. I so, got you. Hey, we can agree with – I mean, we're both that way too. So you actually did go down then several times, huh? I went down – I decided I wasn't going to go until September. I figured it would be closer to maybe them staying in the pattern that they were going to be. And I figured if I went down in June, July, or whatever like that, that they would change anyways. I, I didn't know. I don't know, but – Sure. So I'd have waited till September before I headed down. Sure. I mean, I'm sure their and, pattern uh, changed just like deer. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That way you're not wasting time and had to totally switch your game plan up. So, Yeah. <clears throat> well, that was my idea, and uh, it was somewhat right. <laughs> I went down three three times, three times before the uh, October hunt. And uh, the last hunt, uh, the last time I went down, it was like uh, the weekend before it actually opened in October, mm -hmm. and I and I found a real big six by seven. It was probably a three hundred and fifty inch bull with twenty cows, right on the edge of where I can hunt. Oh wow! So so it's an option, you know what I mean? Oh, you know we're talking within a hundred yards of where I can actually legally hunt and right. not hunt. Okay. And, and then uh, 
And actually the next day I kind of looked in a different area and I had a buddy with me and he went back down in that area and found another, uh, nice six by six, which I'm not so sure that ain't the one Mike killed. Okay. Cause he was over in that area. It's similar. I, I, don't, I don't know. Hell, it could be two, three, four of them, you know, oh, sure. like that. But, but he's seen one there the next day. So I'm locked in. I know where I'm hunting. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, so, so the next weekend is opening weekend. So I get down there the Friday before the Saturday opens. <clears throat> well, all that week, I didn't know this. They had a managed deer hunt in Peck Ranch in the refuge. Oh, geez. And uh, so I got there. There was three trucks parked and people hunting right where all the bulls and that were. So you can imagine what was not there anymore. <laughs> right. And I can imagine <laughs> how your heart felt at that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, okay, either the other elk hunters all found this one spot <laughs> or yeah. So, but uh, um, before you get too far on your trips previous coming down, did you, every time you come down, did you find some elk or was it not till the last nope. trip? So you didn't find any till the last trip. And then you were like, okay, I didn't here they are. Find, yeah. I didn't find any till the last trip, the trip before the trip before I just started finding a uh, few rubs here and there. I mean, you got you got to look at. You're talking, I don't know. So the herd's roughly 220 ish to 230, and say there's roughly 60 to 70 bulls. That's a lot of animals to find in in three counties of solid woods. Yeah, right. you know, right? <laughs> it's it's not like you just walk out. Hey, here's one right here. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the other issue you run into, which has got to be, I mean, we're elk hunters, so we understand this. Is you might find an elk the weekend before you hunt it. Um, and that means nothing really, because an elk can be 30 miles away in a day. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so it's, it's one of them deals where you hope that's where they're going to be. And, you know, it'd be interesting to know the movements of like a Missouri elk right now compared to a Western elk. I would assume the range probably isn't as big. Maybe not as big, but, uh, who knows, but right. Yeah. So, okay. You, you located elk the weekend before you get down there a few days before the season and you see all these deer hunters. Yeah. So then what? Yeah. Uh, well, so I, so I, I knew nowhere else to start other than I went ahead and hunted where I had, you know, seen elk and only heard one bugle for the first day. Didn't see an elk, couldn't find them, couldn't get on them. You know, mm-hmm. and at this time, this is, uh, what we start? I think it was October 17th was the first day I'm picking right. Something like that. Uh, yeah, it was. And yep. we're not, we're not talking optimal elk hunting weather. So gives you, uh, the first, let's see the first, uh, starting, I guess Saturday evening. I don't know. It rained for like 36 hours straight. Oh, uh, the next day was 35 mile an hour winds. And then the following day was 80. You know, so yeah, the odds were really stacked against you right there, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so um, it was kind of a hit and miss. So I, I hunted in that area for uh, the first day and then uh, the following morning, and then I decided to move. Mm-hmm. You know, I went went to uh, just some kind of, you know, you hear the rumor mills around, well, I see an elk over here, I see an elk over there, and, I'm all in, uh, now I'm looking for them places and scouting, hunting all at the same time, you know? Yeah. Right. 
So what? Bef- before we get to this next part of the story, which I already know, but was your strategy to try to, well, obviously locate them if they're bugling, but the conditions weren't going to make that very easy the first day and a few days. Um, was your strategy then to move and try to find sign and then go off that? Or, you know, what were you yeah. thinking once you, you kind of, so, you know, shit hit the fan and all of a sudden you were doing other stuff that you weren't assuming you were going to be doing those first few days? So after the first few days, it, it kind of, in my head, I didn't really talk to anybody about it, but in my head, they just come out of the end of the rut. They were rutting hard, you know, the week before. They just come out of it. So I figured they're probably not, I mean, they're going to probably bugle again, but there's going to be like, like a lull for a week or so that they're laying low, you know, in my head, and, and that they're probably going to start looking for food a little bit before they start this, the younger ones start running around in that with them too, mm-hmm. and then that's push them out. So I kind of, I kind of started looking towards uh, any areas where there may be a food plot or open fields that they may want to venture to, you know, the feeder thing, you know, and see if there were sign around there, like they would start using that, you know, but it didn't, uh, from that point on, it was just uh, throw throw a dart at the wall. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Well, let's try this spot. You know, this looks like a good. Let's try it. Right. That that is you a know. perfect um, way to wrap up elk hunting in a in a nutshell. You throw a dart <laughs> at the wall yeah, and, and start there, and then start moving from there. <laughs> Did you have any uh, buddies or family or anything like that hunting with you? So the first, so uh, my wife and two boys, my two younger boys, had come down with me. Actually, my my middle boy come down with me, and then my wife and my youngest boy had come down the next day because on the way down from my camper my truck screwed up <laughs> so she was bringing me apart to fix it oh yeah i, I told you that's some good stories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i i burned uh i burned a tank of diesel fuel in 20 miles fuel rail it was all kinds of a mess oh, but geez. i finally made it there <laughs> yeah made it. and uh you finally and make I, it there and then boy. see a million hunters <laughs> <Yeah>. sparked. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go. It just takes the wind right out of your sails. <laughs> yeah, so it's starting out good. Um, so I had my middle boy with me the first two days, but they had to go back on Sunday because they had school on Monday. Mm-hmm. So she took them back. So so from there on, I was yeah, I was by myself. Okay. And um, so yeah, you you made a switch. You started you know doing different things, and then. Of course, I know this, but, you know, what happened then, you know, you really didn't get the opportunity opportunity during archery season to figure out anything because what happened on, uh, was it day three or day four? Uh, actually, it was the I it was the morning of day five. It might have been day four. Morning of day five. It was Wednesday morning, gotcha. first thing, right, right at, I don't know, 7.30 or something. So I had moved all the way to... I don't know, 10, 12 miles away from where I was to a place over by, they call Rocky Falls, by Clefts Mill. And I, uh, never been there. I found it at dark and I slid in there and, uh, and I was working my way down to the river. There was a, a field down at the bottom that I wanted to at least see if they were using it. So I got down. Now, mind you, I said it just rained 36 hours straight. Right. So everything's wet and muddy. You know, I get all the way down, and I don't know how I didn't kill myself getting down to the creek, you know, and then I get to the creek, and when uh, I went across the creek, and th- this is uh, 
big rocks in the creek, you know, like big boulder style, not pebbles and stuff. Sure. Uh-huh. I went to step across, put my foot out there and twist it and everything's good. And as soon as I left my other foot, down I went and my, uh, my left hand swung backwards because I grabbed my bow with my right hand, you know, to swing it up and lift my head up, make sure I didn't hit that and my head. And it smacked off the rock. And then, so I landed down in the water, so I rolled over to get up, and then when I did that, I guess my hand went down between two rocks and took my my middle finger and basically went ahead and folded it back to touch my wrist. Oh, I can feel yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> so I pulled my hand out. So I, so I grabbed my stuff, I climbed up out of the creek, and I don't know, it's probably 50 degrees, and I was just laying in water, you know, spring-fed water, so cold. Oh, and yeah. And for about 20 seconds, I got hot like hot and like i was gonna throw up so i just kept walking i'm like i can't stop and then after about 20 seconds you know it went away and man my hand hurt so bad so i looked at it and it just had a little bitty spot swelled up and so i was like well maybe it's just jammed you know so uh-huh. i grabbed my finger and i and i pulled on it nothing changed other than the pain got worse <laughs> so <laughs> you know i was like, okay well that's not it yeah uh, so I grabbed my next finger, which would be the ring finger, and I pulled it, and I could hear up on my ears. I heard the bone come apart. Oh, man. So I, Jeez. <laughs> so I jammed it back together. <laughs> went, okay, well, that one's broke. <laughs> so, so okay, so I know that's screwed up for sure. Yeah. And, note, uh, note to listeners, if you feel like something's broken, don't start yanking on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, at, so at the time, that part of my hand, it, that part never hurt. It right. It didn't swell up anywhere where it broke. It didn't, it didn't swell up anything right there, and it didn't bruise, and it didn't hurt right there. Mm. So the pain, well, as you can imagine, when, I don't know, that much pain, it, it, the whole thing hurts. You really couldn't pinpoint it, but it right. wasn't, like, right there, so I didn't really know. So I knew that was broke, but I went ahead and I grabbed my stuff, and I headed to the river anyways where I was going to hunt. I wasn't giving up yet. Uh-huh. So I got, I got down to this field area, you know, and there was deer on the hillside. And they were kind of looking around, so I thought maybe there was something down in there because them deer down there really don't hang out with these elk. They stay far away from them. I've learned this. <laughs> they don't mess with them. So um, so I figured, oh, I guess I better see if I can hold my bow. And as soon as I tried to grab it, it was there was no way. Yeah, so you weren't getting a shot off even, even if even if you I, could. I, I even, yeah, because I, I wanted to see it. I didn't, so I didn't go any further. I didn't want to <laughs> go, well, that sucks. There's elk there, you know. So right. I turned around and hiked back to my truck about i don't know that's probably a mile away and uh and drove to where i got service out to winona and then i really wasn't going to go to the hospital or nothing but call my wife and said kind of look around i might have broke my hand and she kind of made me go so, <laughs> well, i get it yeah. and they said uh they said so i went so uh you need to go see an orthopedic surgeon tomorrow I said oh great so now, I'm by myself. I have a 38-foot toy hauler. The four-wheeler's in the back of the truck that i got to unload and put in the camper, you know, and everything else, coolers and all that. With one hand. So, <laughs> with one hand. So, I got everything loaded up, and I uh, headed home Wednesday afternoon. And then uh, Thursday morning, they, they didn't have to pin it or nothing. He said, I don't know what you did, but you put it right exactly where it needed to be, so they just casted it. Jeez, and, that's uh, So, I asked him, I I said, so I don't know how long I'm going to be in this. I said, I don't care how you do this, but leave my trigger finger out. 
<laughs> so he made my cast where my trigger finger was left out of it in case I needed it. There you yeah. go. Well, thinking ahead. Thinking ahead is what you were doing. <laughs> no, because, you know, I was like, yeah. It's like, so yeah. that pretty much went the bow hunting part for me. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure listeners caught on, but you shoot a compound, right? You're not shooting a crossbow. So, I mean. Right. So. And, yeah. and I have a crossbow, and everybody's like, why don't you use a crossbow? Well, I I don't have a $2,000 crossbow where you can crank a reel and it pulls back. You have to use two hands and pull it back. So, right. you know, I, I couldn't even pull it back if I, if I wanted to. Right. Yeah, so that, that's got to be, I mean, at that exact time, that had to be discouraging. You're well, like, no, that's a kick in the nuts. That's what that is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what are the freaking chances? I get this one opportunity so, in my life, and I break my damn hand. Yeah. So I look at it like this. I, I could have done that, and you know, but and I was like, you know, I'd seen no elk for the first four days. The weather was still shitty. It was 80s the next day also. I'm like... Maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe I was wasting my time. So, you know, sure. maybe not, but you know, you don't know, you can't kill them from the couch, but still I was like, okay, it was, maybe it wasn't going to work out for me anyways. So right. if I had been seeing elk and all that and hearing them, oh, it, it would have been way worse, you know? Right. But I, I wasn't seeing any, I wasn't hearing any, so I didn't feel as bad. And yes, it still sucked because I would have stayed the whole time anyways, sure. even if I wouldn't have seen one thing, but. Right. Right. Uh, so it could have been a blessing. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So it, things happen for right, a reason. But. Right. So you break your hand, you head home, and now did you – I guess, So I mean, that's October. Well, he would have broken his hand somewhere around, what, like the 20th or somewhere around that date. Yeah. Right. So you have yeah. roughly, what, a month? Well, so – A little over a month, right? Rifle started on December 12th. Okay. So he had essentially two months. I mean, not yeah. quite two months to sit there and think and – yeah, did you go yeah. down there any more in between uh, after after archery to until rifle? Did you go down to check out anything else? I, I did. So before I left the hunting spot, and I had actually was coming out one night, and I met met a couple people down there, um, Ron and Sandy Morton, who are who live down there. And they own five hundred acres, not too far from. Uh, they up by uh, Paint Rock, mm-hmm. and they were actually looking for elk that night because that's who Mike. They were helping Mike at the time, which I didn't meet Mike yet until the next day. Oh, okay. So, and I was talking to him, and he was he was helping me out. You know, he was like, "Hey, I've been seeing a real nice five by five right here." You know, and he was, you know, and gave me his number. Said, "You call me if you kill something, I'll come help you." You know, I want we want to see you guys. You know, we want to see this be successful because they've been helping the MDC since it started, getting uh-huh. in the elk program and the food plots and all that, helping them. Right. Very cool. So, you know, so then when I was leaving, I called I called Ron and I said, hey, I'm, I am I broke my hand. I'm done hunting. And um, he, what he said was, get healed up and get call me and come down and we'll do some scouting. So I actually was able – I only went back – one more time before the rifle season. I went the week before. Okay. I I figured I figured at that point I was either going to find them or it was going to be in the same boat as I'm going to have to keep searching, you know. Yeah, similar um, to to archery season. It was no sense in going the week after you had surgery. Things are going to change so much between then and December 12th. Right, because cause at at that late of the season, they're they're on food. 
you know, they're they're going to their food. You know, ruts over it ended at the end of middle of October. That's six weeks later. They're they're going in their winter pattern for sure. Yeah. So before we get into the rifle portion, you tell us kind of what you experienced till the day you you made it happen. One thing I wanted to ask you, uh, and because you're the second person that's kind of said this to us, uh, and obviously you said Mike was also talking, and, and um, you know the locals were helping. How were the locals to you guys? It seems like to me, uh, from what I've heard, everybody was really awesome to you guys and helpful and almost offering to help you out. Um, you know, more than, more than I've, you know, really seen, it's not like a deer hunter shows up and, you know, all the locals are out trying to help them get something. Right. Um, is that the experience you had down there is, is a lot of people with open arms trying to see you guys be successful? So I, would only met a few and, uh, that they were, yeah, they were, they may not have zero information, but they were, they were pretty, uh, pretty avid, like, Hey, you know, good job. You know, I know this guy over here. He might've known where some are and stuff like that, you know? And like, I met a guy walking down the road, stopped and talked to him and he said, I don't really see him up here, but down by this place, I've seen him down there before. And we've had some pictures and I know people and things like that. So it wasn't one of them things. Why don't you guys get out of here? You know, you guys are all city hunters, like everybody thinks. You know, <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> of another... course, everybody's a center hunter since they didn't get drawn. Hey, you know, yeah. we we can also do something right now. We can put this to bed because I think in the last four days, or well, since since you and Mike, uh, you know, really started the avalanche after um, Joe got one uh, the week before or the weekend before, I bet I've read five to twenty comments about. Well, all these guys that drew are rich and stuff. Um, remind everybody again, Sam, what you do for a living. <laughs> I'm a I'm a carpenter. He's a carpenter. Uh, He's just so a regular guy, just like everybody rich. else. I have to work. That's right. I have to work every day. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't I don't drive a new vehicle. I've never owned one in my life. So yeah, believe me. I'd love to be rich. <laughs> we <laughs> but, all would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're all just I, I jealous bought, of those I people. I all my hunting stuff, and, you know, it's just. Yeah, it's one of the things I, I thought it would be fun to put to bed because I read that, and I thought, let's see, I talked to Sam. We've talked to Gene. We've talked to Bill. Not a single one of them guys are loaded with money and was able to buy their tag. The, right. You won the it, lottery just like any lottery a, you'd ever win. Yeah, it was a yeah. fair and and, and I can And I can tell you that uh, the other two guys are not rich either. I talked to both of them. One works in a factory and the other is uh, like an electrician. Or yeah, uh, so. Mike actually, a guy we know, works with Mike. And so okay. small, yeah, small world. I know he's an electrician too, so I mean it's yeah, just regular guys yeah. that are hunters. That's all there is to yeah, it. Yeah, they got lucky. Exactly you know. right. So got the golden ticket. So <laughs> so but, let's yeah, get into rifle season. Yeah, rifle. Uh, so if you want, you just take us through the season because I don't know how every day went for you yet. Um, so just take us through the season, and we'll get to the day you made it happen. So so like I said, I I met Ron and Sandy Morton down there, and so I I met with him. I I went down there, and he said, just come down, meet me at my house Saturday morning. It's the week before, and uh, we'll go out scouting. So I went to his house. We left his house at 8 o'clock that morning and then side by side, and we got back at dark. All day he took me out going places. That's and awesome. For sign, walking through the hills with me. And uh, when I left there, he said, I'm going to call my buddy. So where he lives, right behind him, he's got a little cabin, a little two-bedroom cabin. It's got heat, water, electric, everything. And he said, I'm going to call my buddy. If he ain't coming down, you can just stay here. 
there's no reason for you to drag your camper down and pay all that money in that. Oh, wow. So That's awesome. Yeah, so he, I, I left, and I came home, and um, he, he called me the next day. He said, hey, Danny's not coming down. They're going to Arizona. You can stay at the house. Perfect. <laughs> How cool so, is that? That's you freaking know. awesome. Yeah. He's, he said, it don't cost you it don't cost you a thing. And, and I said, well, I, you know, how do you thank somebody for that? I'm like, I said, uh, my wife and one of my boys, one, at least one of them is going to come down. He's like, they're all welcome. Oh, that's cool. So, so we get to, so I get down there on Friday before the uh, opening, opening day of the rifle part, me and my middle boy again. So we get down there and we get everything dialed in and run and we go kind of looking that night, just, you know, seeing if they're coming in the fields. Really not, not, we didn't really see a ton. We've seen a few spikes and that, a couple cows. So, so the next morning we went up on this, uh, ridge kind of high above where these elk were using down the bottoms. That's a place that actually Joe, the guy that killed the first one, killed his. Uh-huh. We were up on this ridge and there was a sign everywhere. They must have been up there. That's where they were bedding and eating acorns. So, <clears throat> About 9.30, they started bugling this late in the season. So they were coming behind us, coming back after what we already went through. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, so we turned around and come back to them, come back to them. We found them. There were about 20 of them bedded up on the side of the hill. And we set up, and we called a few times, and a spike came up out of the bottoms and walked about. 25 feet from my son was staring at him. This this is the coolest part to me, you know, because he's excited. And then a real good 5 by 5 He's probably a 200, 210-inch 5 by 5 come walking up at 40 yards and was staring at us that I could have killed really this Saturday morning at 930. Mm. And uh, they hung all around us looking for that cow call. That kind of finally went on. And, you know, after I decided I wasn't, it was open in morning, you know what I mean? I was going to go ahead and wait. I had, I killed one roughly a little bigger than that was low years ago. So I was waiting. So, you know, eventually they went on. It was about noon and we got out of there. So we come back that night and we hunted down in the bottoms, what they call log yard. And uh, there's some big food plots down there. So me and my son had set up down there that night in a ground blind and we we're watching and at the far end of the food plot a bull comes out and now at the time i doesn't i don't know joe's here joe come in after us joe's the guy that killed the first one gotcha yeah and i'm and i'm glassing this bull so i cow called at him a couple more times and he comes on a beeline right to me I mean, he's walking to him. He started out at 300 yards. He's at 200 now. And I'm watching him. He stops. He turns broadside like he's going to go to the river. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on. And then, boom, I'm glassing him when Joe shoots this thing. Oh, wow. I watch him shoot it, hit the side. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it's like, it's and, like... I, and, I, and I was sitting there, and I waited. We waited about five minutes. He had put another one in it because it's moved its head, which I don't blame him. He's not getting away, you don't, know what I mean? Don't leave him any chance. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So I waited about five or six minutes, and nobody crossed his field. I'm like, I hope somebody didn't. Because there's a, 
there's an old gravel road that runs through there that kind of drive down and goes to a goes to the river. Uh-huh. I'm like, God, I hope somebody didn't shoot this bull off the road, poached it. Right. So I walked out, and it was Joe standing there in the uh, corner of the field. He had come in after us. He didn't know we were there because we did. We got dropped off, so we didn't have nothing parked anywhere close. Yeah, sure. He walked over to me. He goes, "I am so sorry. I feel like such an ass." I'm <laughs> like, "You didn't know we were here, and obviously, I didn't know you were there. You come in after us." And I said, "It's not a big deal to me." I, I said, I, "I don't. I don't mean to say anything about this, but I wasn't going to shoot this bull." Sure. And he, congratulations. He was about. At that he was point. like the. Yeah, I was like, "Let's go up and check it out," because he was like. So we walked up to it. I said, "Congratulations, you're the first one to kill one in Missouri." I, and I, you know, I said, "Make sure." I said, "You got help and everything coming and all that." He's like, "Yeah, I got these guys coming, some locals and all that." I said, "Okay, well then, there's like 25 minutes left." Like, so I said, "Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna hustle out of here if you got." So I walked about a half a mile to the food plot that was not far away, and I walked in there and I had another five by five come out at 240 yards. So that's the third one I could have killed that morning, you know, that I passed on every one of them. And you're thinking, I can't pass on these. I hit three shots the first morning. This is going to get good, you know. Right. Let's see what tomorrow brings. (laughs) Right. So I guess it's such a good morning. Next morning, I didn't see an elk. And then you got nervous. And then you got nervous. (laughs) You're like, dang it, I screwed up. (laughs) So, so I, I just, just, there was a little commotion there last night. There, you know, there's people down there getting that elk out for two, three hours at dark. Sure. You know, so my next day, hunting in the area, didn't see an elk. (laughs) So, okay. Um, So this is Monday. My wife tells my middle boy, she's like, you can hunt tomorrow morning, and then we have to go home. You've already missed two days of school, Friday and Monday. <laughs> like, okay, so so Monday night, we're sitting by the fire after I get back. We didn't see nothing. Well, so sitting by the fire. Say that again. You saw a wife, cow. You cut out. Yeah, we saw Yeah, we saw one cow and a spike. So I, I can't say we didn't see anything gotcha. on Monday, but we saw one. Um so we get back to the house, and my my wife, she was there. She was sitting out. She had the fire pit going. And me and me and her and Ron and Cindy and them were sitting around there, kind of discussing strategy. And she said, "Hey, you know that sound you make when you're blowing that whatever call? That was a bugle call. <laughs> and you make that weird sound at the end." I go, "Yeah, uncle." She's like, "I heard one of them here tonight." And Ron's eyes, we're on Ron's ground. He's got 500 acres there. Mm-hmm. He said, "You heard one here tonight." And she said, yeah, I think it was right here on this ridge. She said, but it could have been echoing off this backside. He said, okay, they don't usually show up here till after Christmas. So the next uh, this ridge top again and fall off the side of it and see if they're hanging on a shelf lower. And Ron said, I'm going to, I'm going to do some looking this morning. And, um, he did some looking, and I finally got some service and tech because I didn't see nothing over like Trail Seven and Eight and things like that. And eventually, he called at eleven and said, "I found them. There was five of them above the cabin in the law in our in his ground. Oh, geez. above the two hundred and fifty yards from where we're staying." <laughs> he said, and "He said one of them's a giant." 
That's said, awesome. Hey, we're on our way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get back to the house. This is Tuesday afternoon. He said, we need to get up there at one o'clock because I, I don't know where they're at. We need to get in. It might be a long set. So my wife, she didn't leave with, with my son, Jimmy, and head home. Well, he talks to her and she's like, listen, you can hunt tonight. We'll have to drive back tonight. So she let him stay and hunt. So we, we, we go up, me and Jimmy and Ron. Ron's hunting with us. We're hunting out of his deer blind, mm-hmm. you know. So we're sitting there and it's 5 o'clock. I said, Ron, we got 17 minutes left. I don't think they're coming tonight. Five minutes later, here they come. That's cool. So these, you can see these bulls coming through the woods, coming to this food plot. And actually the one that I had killed come out first at 60 yards. And he's just, he's kind of staring at us because I'm sure because my boy, he was, he was like, Oh my God, look at this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, and then there was a, a bigger one behind it. The only issue is the bigger one behind it had a half of his main beam broke off to one side. Oh dang. Oof. Yeah. It was, he was a giant. I mean, the one I killed, I, I don't know if, I'm just guessing probably around 290 to 300 inches. Uh-huh. And he was, he was well bigger than that. Wow. And then there was two more coming to the right. Well, they were never going to make it in time. <clears throat> so, and, uh, so they're both, Ron is in one window and Jimmy's in the other window staring at these bulls. And Jimmy's like, you're going to shoot it? I go, well, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I can't even see them because you guys are standing in the windows. I can't even get a gun out <laughs> right now. <Yeah. laughs> and so, so he looks over, he looks, Ron looks over at Jim, my, Jimmy, my boy, and goes, you think that one's big enough to shoot? And Jimmy looked at him and goes, oh, we're shooting this one, you know? <laughs> so finally I get around and I get out and I get on this bull and he's staring at us because I, I guess we, we we think we're quiet, you know what I mean? Right, but, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they can hear something. <laughs> they're kind of looking like, what is going on in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... Eventually, you know, I, I put a good shot on him, and he didn't go 25 yards and uh, went down. Then that was it, you know. And it, even that other bull that was back there, the two ran off, but that other bigger one that had a broken main beam, uh-huh. he didn't leave for three, four minutes. He was trying to figure out what this elk was doing because he kind of went and laid down, and he lifted his head up. So I put another one in him and jumped up and ran 10 feet just in the brush. And then went down, and then that bull kind of finally figured out, like, oh, I guess I better get out of here, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think so, this is bad. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, right. This yeah. is not the great of a deal. Um, so, you know, and then and then you, you see what happened after that, pictures and all that. Which I was pretty fortunate and lucky because we already had the tractor primed up and ready. We was able to get the tractor and, and lift it right up and carry it right down to the cabin. Oh, so, you lucky. Yeah. You lucky bastard. Now, I, now see, I think, I, there should, you, I think there should be yeah. a rule that you should have to pack it out. I don't think you should. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you should have to pack it out well, at least So once. what you're saying is Ron should have gotten the tractor, drove the elk further into the timber, so, and dropped it off. Yeah. And then, ma- yeah. You got yeah. to yeah. get the full experience. <laughs> I mean, I had to gut it. <laughs> well that's awesome man that's that's just cool and that's so great your kid got to be there and watch yeah. that with you i mean that's that's a great story absolutely so i don't know if you probably could see in a picture that one of mine has a broken uh eye guard off and his non-typical point is broke off yeah yeah still yeah. i mean so they've been fighting yeah i mean they've been getting yeah after, he's but... got a uh he has a he's like a he had a gouge towards one of his hind quarters and he had a uh 
like a gouge like up by one of his eyes too. So yeah, that's, that's cool. Been, uh, have you eaten any of the meat yet? I have not. I haven't. Um, I actually took it to a place down there. Okay. I, I'm splitting this elk with Ron and Sandy. I mean, I stayed at their house and shot it on their ground. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, one the bit. first thing I thought when you talked about how much Ron and Sandy were helping you out yeah. was, I wonder if he gave them some meat because that that right. would be the perfect gift to give somebody. You know that that yeah. isn't going to accept yeah. anything from you. You know they can't, yeah. they can't keep you from giving them some meat, and that's that's terrific that you did that for them. Sure. Yeah, he's the. I mean, honestly, you guys, you guys should actually call Ron and talk to him. He knows a lot about what they've done for him, and because he's part of it. Okay. And, you know, and he's got he's got great information, and I mean, he'd be willing to help anybody. Like I said, he helped Mike do all the bow season, and then pick me up, and you know, kind of took me in and helped me. That's cool. You yeah, know, that's find awesome. them and get on them. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was an experience, you know. It was great. My, my best part was my boy being with me, and he was so excited. And Ron was just excited being able to have one of the first ones killed on his property. Yeah, you know? sure. I mean, because like you said, he's been helping out and stuff. So it, so for him to actually see it, you know, I mean, I mean, that's just as successful for him well, as it is for he's you. He's been living it since right. 2011 when right. he first Help, brought the oak back, putting the work in and stuff like that. Yep. So that that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's really awesome that that worked out the yeah. way it did. He saw elk get reintroduced, and now it's it's come full circle, and he and he actually got to see one get harvested on his property <laughs> where he's at. And, and yeah, yeah, and and he he was right there beside me when I shot it. He was up there with us, you know. So yeah, it was awesome. Well, Ron you know, and Sandy, and, and it kind of worked. Go ahead, yeah. buddy. I, and I was just, I mean, I don't know that my wife was ever going to say anything, but I don't know why. Just kind of an hour later after we've been there, she's like, oh, I think I heard them bugle tonight, you know. <laughs> she, she don't care about that part of it. She just, she likes that we're doing it, you know, and she loves that part, but she's not a hunter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. What's that sound they make at the end? I can <laughs> yeah, just see it. Chuckle. My wife would do the same thing. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I saw one of those today. <laughs> <laughs> something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday yeah exactly oh uh, that's awesome you know, and i don't i don't know that we would even checked around his area quite yet you know i mean sure. eventually would have if we weren't seeing him where we were but you know that made it like oh maybe they're here sooner and he he actually texted me this morning and said it's a beautiful morning out here 17 degrees I'm sitting on my front porch drinking coffee watching these bulls in my front yard eating grass right now that's, that's crazy. Cool. So, that's cool. Because the way his ground lays, the whole front of his house in the hollow is a food plot. So they come to that bottom there all year. They've they knocked his mailbox down, rubbing on the telephone pole and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I'll say this for the listeners. Ron and Sandy sound like terrific people to be able to, you know, help you out. And um, I'm sure they wanted to see Absolutely. success out of you guys as well. So, and And what an awesome, what an awesome experience. I mean, literally – once in your lifetime experience and you got to experience it not only did you get to harvest a bull which is really the the cool the really cool part the other really cool part is your son got to be with you because had had it been the next day he would have been back at school it sounds like and and he'd been with me you know through the bow hunting through the scouting so i'm glad he was there to help help with and he didn't and he helped me gut it and all that good was, yeah we lost you for a second we heard you say you you helped him he helped you gut it but we we didn't hear that first part 
Yeah, yeah, he stayed. He stayed. He didn't, you know, they didn't hurry and get their stuff and leave so they can get home. He stayed. They helped him, got it, get it out of the field, you know. Yeah. He he, he stayed for it all. You got to have that experience. Oh, you yeah. got to have that. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, yeah. man. I, we're we're so happy for you, man. I mean, and all the other hunters as well. I mean, I, right. We felt like we we I felt like I bothered you because I probably texted you how many times during uh archery season seeing how it was going. I texted Gene and Bill and you know, how's it going, you know, almost living yeah, vicariously was, through you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh it it was a tough hunt and and all these people, oh, they're tamed and all that. They have no idea. <laughs> and they don't live on Tech Ranch, I can tell you that right now. Right, right, right. No, they no, they, they definitely venture. have a, a large area. I've I've heard I mean, they they move a lot, so they're elk. That's what elk do, dude. Well, I can tell you, at one point, all four of us were hunting within the same area at one point in time. I seen Joe. I seen Gene. He was actually hunting the field that Joe killed his out of at one point. I talked to him one day down there. Yeah. Mike was hunting there during bow season. So <laughs> we all ended up in the same area. I don't know why, because there's elk everywhere, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It worked out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it worked, worked it, out. I mean, they were, obviously, and, and, they were obviously there. Everybody got one, so it worked out pretty and good. And we all four killed one in different spots. Right. Only yeah. one was killed down there where we were all hunting in that one spot. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, dude, congratulations. Oh. We're we're so happy for you. Um and 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 Joe and Mike who we won't get to talk to, but um we're going to talk to Gene as well. And so uh you know, we're we're happy for you. We're pulling for Bill. Uh we're we're yeah. recording this before the season is actually over, so hopefully something happens with yeah. Bill. Um and we'll we'll get to uh we'll talk to him too. Hear if, that if cool story. Happens. But um uh so congrats again. Um this is to me, this is one of the coolest things um, about starting our podcast is we started this podcast right when Missouri was doing the draw. releasing an elk yeah. season, yeah. and we're I can't believe we're talking about hunting elk in our own state again. Yeah, and now uh, elk are down in our state, and there's some like, yeah, there's some beautiful. I mean, these bulls are beautiful, dude. Yeah, they're not little. They're not little. They're, they're little, not little bulls. I mean, yeah. they're they got no. they are impressive. I would Very shoot impressive. any one of these with my bow out in Colorado. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I would, yeah, I would happily put a tag on any of them. Yeah, so. these are these are these are bulls that anybody would be happy to harvest. So that's all. I mean, kudos to MDC for bringing it to us. Yeah, definitely. So, so awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we hop off, you got anything else to say uh, that we didn't touch on? I I don't think so. Uh, I don't, no. Not really. Awesome. I enjoyed every second of it, and I appreciate. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I got to give you a story. Heck yeah! It's it's yeah. Uh, people love hearing it, man. So, well, congrats again. And if you don't have anything else, we'll hop off. All right, there's that one. Thank you, Sam, for you know coming back on and just giving us a breakdown of everything that happened. You know, congratulations. Yeah, congrats. It's a great buddy. story. Hopefully your hand heals up nice and you know <laughs> yeah. everything's good on that end and stuff. So we really appreciate you I coming can, on. I can only imagine the the story when he's trying to load all his stuff back in his trailer with a broken hand. <laughs> do, you know? do you know how hard that would be? I'm not sure how he did it. I mean, because you know? assuming that his truck wasn't hooked up to his camper, you'd have to hook your camper up. Get, get your that four wheeler in. I mean, get your four wheeler. Yeah. Do all that one handed. All your gear strapped yeah, down. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah. So, hey, 
worked out for but him. Hey, right? yeah, he, he got it done. He, I mean, and so it sounds like he found the elk and he got a bunch of help from some locals down there. And so I'm sure he's really appreciative of them. And I yeah, mean, we're appreciative. Yeah, shout sure. out to Ron and his wife for uh, helping yeah. out as well to yeah. Sam. That was really cool of them. Yeah, gave him um, a place to stay and everything. So makes they, it easier on Sam and his family too. Sure, that. yeah, sure, so, absolutely. So, um, but now we're going to get into it with uh, Gene. And uh, he's actually he actually came into the studio and uh, studio. Well, what else would you call it? My basement. It's a studio slash basement. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, we got some tables. We some have chairs. a card table with some <laughs> some card table chairs around it. It's still the studio. Yeah. So yeah, Gene came down and uh, sat down with us since he lives decently close. Yeah, and, and he he brought us a bunch of pictures too. Uh, you know, just some different angles and everything. Yeah. And dude, it's a heck of a bull. I mean, both of well, all four all of, of them are great. And so that, that was really cool that he actually got to come in and meet face to face. And I can't wait till he gets that mount back and we're going to go up there and check it out sometime. Give I'm us sure. an excuse to go shopping at Rogers. Yeah. Go check out Rogers. Yeah. Go check out the bull. Yeah. And yeah. So, but so, yeah, let's get into it. And here's Gene. All right. All right. Joining us in studio today. So this is exciting for Micah and myself. Very exciting. Uh, one of the lucky five, Gene Gilkey. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. Hey, Gene, good to see you again. Um, so, Gene is obviously one of the five guys that got drawn for the Missouri elk hunt this year. Uh, Gene's from Liberty, Missouri. And so, since um, we live decently close sure to Liberty, we, uh, we found out Gene harvested an awesome bull. And uh, Gene was gracious enough to come down and sit down with us and, and have a, a conversation about it. We're yeah, excited ex- about it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for making the trip. Yeah. So, first, congrats. Thank uh, you. Everybody knows you killed one, so yeah. we're not we're, we're not, not spoiling the yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's out there. Yeah, everybody knows. So, um, you know what we're going to do is as we've had a few, we're going to have a few of you on this show, and just kind of talk about your hunts and talk about what you experienced um, this elk season, right. all the way from you know after after you recorded with us, after you found out, and the excitement uh-huh. wore off, and then kind of what you did getting ready for. Um, archery season and then what you experienced from there all the way to the day you harvested took them down wow yeah so uh first things first for anybody that hasn't heard this show before gene was on our show months ago now uh about um him being drawn so for anybody that didn't listen to that show why don't you introduce yourself real quick um tell everybody who you are where you're from and then we'll get into the fun stuff cool so I'm Gene Gilkey, and I'm from Liberty currently. Um, originally, I've lived in northwest Missouri all my life, hunted since I was a kid. And uh, back in, I guess, close to July, I got notified by the MDC that I'd been drawn for this elk hunt. So it's been a roller coaster ride uh, ever since. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Disney now that I got my elk. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for anybody that didn't hear that first show, like I said, they really ought to go back and listen to Gene's excitement level. Um you know, anybody that didn't hear that, uh, it's a pretty cool story, especially for Gene. All, all the guys we talked to is an awesome story to hear how excited they were. But especially for Gene, you know, two years ago this time, you you, you were fighting for your life. Yeah, last year. Uh, I'm sorry, last yeah, year this time right, you were yeah. fighting for your life. And now we're sitting here talking about an elk that you, you got to take down. Right. So yeah. um, how quickly your life is uh, 360. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's a really good episode for those folks. I wish I wrote down what episode number it is but i think it's within the first 10 if somewhere I in there you'll find it, it. yeah um all right so 
We left off with you mm-hmm. um, after you first found out. Right. So from that day, um, which was in, like you said, July. Right. What did you start doing as far as getting ready to hunt uh, starting October 17th uh, for archery season? Wow. What were some of the stuff, you know, some of the things that happened, things you did to kind of get ready? Did you go down at all scouting? Was it all on the computer? How did you kind of get yourself going sure so both so we had uh, as a family scheduled to float the current river in july just on a fluke i i didn't know at the time that i'd been drawn so we went down a day early and um, i talked to some locals i actually talked to uh one of the county sheriffs down there mm-hmm. just to try to get me some orientation of where where everything lies and and you know uh, i talked to mdc uh, a couple of their conservation agents, you know, and, and, and my question to them was, if you had one day to hunt, where would you hunt in this whole area? That's a good question to ask. <laughs> and and uh, believe it or not, the guy said the log yard, and which ended up being where the first elk was taken at yeah, log Joe. yard. Yep. And that's, that's the one. But, yeah, so I did a lot of uh, – I called people, called landowners and asked permission. Uh, I didn't – I did get permission from one landowner that had 100 acres. Some of them said no – you know, my land's already leased for hunting. And some of them just said, no, I'd rather you not. And that's okay. Right. You know, sure. It doesn't hurt to ask. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still um, a lot of public land down there that you oh, yeah. have the yeah. opportunity to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did a lot of that. Uh, I bought the uh, Onyx hunting app and mm-hmm. did a lot of e-scouting and just marking, you know, looking for fields where they may be close to the river. Uh, bought a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my wife said the $10 application fees, uh, nothing compared to what I spent on, on gear. It was the worst decision she ever let you spend $10 in her life on, huh? That's exactly right. <laughs> but uh, then we went, actually, my wife and I went down over uh, Labor Day and floated. And, we, and so she and I drove to a lot of the places where we'd found um, she graciously let, we floated one day and then the other two days we t- scouted with my truck. So we were just driving uh, around to try to find it. So, but a lot of online, you know, looking at that on X and, and maps, physical maps, mm-hmm. comparing what's going on, visited, uh, um, the conservation area, Peck ranch, got uh-huh. some maps and current river conservation area. So we did a lot of scouting, just driving, I mean, my and rear that's, end. And that's probably the best way to do it, really, is just get down there and get yeah. acclimated with everything. Yeah. And talk to the local people because uh, and some of them, you know, they're not excited about the elk, but most of them will tell you, you know, hey, I see them here or we see them here. I used to see them here. They'll, they'll give you something to go on. Right. Sure. So just spend a lot of time scouting, getting my gear ready. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people are that way. I, I can look at a map all day long and – think i like something but until i see it i really am uneasy i mean i i just boots on the ground has always been the way i'm i'm better at scouting something which can make it hard when you're going out west or you know driving a few hours yeah different part of the state (laughs) right right you know it uh i think that's always the best way to to go about it and obviously apps like onyx and base map and all hunt stand all these different apps are great uh, because they can give you a lot of detail, uh, especially maybe even after you've walked through. And then you go back and look at it and go, oh, yeah, okay, here's this pinch point or, or right. here's this. So um, so good start. Um, so you spent several months obviously doing that and getting excited, nervous probably. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, overwhelmed because it, it's so – the terrain's so tough. You just – 
you can't imagine this. How, well, you can, I'm sure. There, it's steep. It's steep terrain. Yeah. 600 feet almost straight, straight up. up. So yep. it's tough. No, that's, and that's, and you got to almost, I mean, you got to get yourself ready for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So opening morning of archery season starts. Yeah. So just start from that day and told, tell us how archery season went. You already <laughs> told me and Micah before we re- recorded. <laughs> Uh, but how did it go? And I, <laughs> what was your reset opinion on elk hunting after you experienced the archery part? You know, you went into certain with a certain mind frame, right. and then you exited after archery, going, "Okay, what?" Yeah. So the uh, actually, we had found a field. Um, we were going to hunt an opening day. And we got down there a day early and we drove to this field and it's off the end of the blacktop. And then it's like four miles of very, very rough terrain to kind of come in on the south side. Found the field and, and it, you know, I'm not an elk hunter. It looked as good to any field to me. And, and uh, the MDC had actually told us about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So we got to looking at the weather and the weather, the wind was going to be coming out of the south. And we're like, well, we can't come in that way because that's <clears throat> right. going to blow our scent right to them. So we decide we look on the maps and everything and there's an old spur that went off to the north end of the field and we're like okay let's check that out well my buddy's driving my my new truck and uh, this field or this trail probably was better off for four wheelers you're saying you should have waited to buy the truck <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw the truck outside it's, it's a nice truck <laughs> so He's driving along, and I hear the the thorns start rubbing on the side, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, oh, that's gonna that's gonna leave a mark." And he slaps me on the shoulder, and he said, "Gene, it's once in a lifetime. We gotta do this. Just trade this in when you yeah. get back home." Yeah. He said, "Those scratches will buff out. You can get a new truck." <laughs> but anyway, we found an entrance point the next morning in the dark. So we go down, and and we had to go down a hill and uphill and down, and about up the third hill, we spot an elk, and it's it's legal shooting light, but it's too dark in the woods sure and um but we didn't have we didn't have the bolt and the crossbow because we were walking you know so Mm -hmm. we so we're down down in the brush on our knees and i'm cranking the crossbow (laughs) making is he still there you know and so uh but anyway he never spooked it's just majestic to see him because a white tail would have been gone in a heartbeat yeah and he really just looked at us like i don't even know what you're doing on my my mountain this is my place you know yeah just such a regal experience to see him right there uh he walked off and in hindsight we should have followed him um we thought he was going down to the field where we were going to hunt and he went into the woods we should have we should have topped the hill and tried to find him but we didn't so was he a pretty big bull or he was a five by okay yeah we could see it i couldn't see him once we got the bolt in the crossbow i couldn't see him in the scope there just wasn't enough light i could see his outline right um uh jeff the guy that was with us you needed about 10 more minutes yeah exactly it was about 10 minutes short but um so we spent the rest of the day and um that actually we spent that weekend in there's about three little fields around that area and just setting and scouting and um didn't see a thing after that one because you walk in at five till seven and you see this bull and you think man this is a piece of cake this elk hunting's easy <laughs> and uh we hunted uh, that was saturday sunday monday and then the week next weekend yeah. friday saturday and sunday and we didn't see an elk we didn't was that an elk. that second weekend was it in the same general area that you were first or yeah was it different different well we went a little different probably two miles away okay to some fields yeah um we spent part of 
the afternoon we'd be scouting different fields and then we'd set up in the morning in a field we thought was good. Uh-huh. Uh, now the second weekend we tried, uh, we were up in, uh, current river conservation area. And, uh, so it was North and East of Peck and there's 22,000 acres up there. So we spent a lot of time up yeah. there looking for a lot of land for them to disappear in. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was, uh, you mentioned before the show that it was deer season and, there were just people everywhere in there, you know, deer hunting and camping. So we, but we were really just trying to find areas for December at that point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, definitely going back to that first morning where you saw that bull. One of the, the highlights of my hunting career really is the very first time I ever went elk hunting. The very first day I saw a bull. Really? And it, I mean, I don't even remember, remember I had a bow in my hand. I mean, it was just like, oh my God, there's a, there's an elk in front of me right now. Yeah. And and before you know it, it was out of your life. And you're like, yeah. I probably should have done something with that weapon I had in my hand. <laughs> you know, so I can definitely understand that feeling. Yeah. Uh, well, the first time. Being used to whitetails, when we're cranking the crossbow, I'm thinking this is going to spook him to death. You know, because right. a, a, a whitetail had been gone. Because right. it's click, 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 click. And he just, he looked both ways and just really looked around trying to see what we were. And he just like he really wasn't too bothered about it. He just turned around, walked up over the hill. Just, yeah really easy it'll be interesting to see in years to come if that sort of behavior from them changes because you know before this year they haven't been hunted here. that's correct so for 10 years he's not probably been here this entire 10 years but his entire life right he hasn't been hunted right so and they see a lot of people yeah so they don't probably associate much danger with a person right right so uh it'll be interesting to see you know the next five years or so yeah but i mean you also gotta think it was five people. I mean, sure, y'all sure. had people with you, you know. I think pretty much everybody had somebody hunting with them, which is great. But it's still not too intrusive, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's still not like an yeah. OTC right. unit it's, where anybody yeah. can go buy an elk tag yeah. right now. Right. Yeah, you know, I get right. that. Yeah, it'll it'll still be interesting, you know. Maybe years coming, MDC releases more tags. Maybe. Right? So, it, you, you know, know right. who knows. But, um, you know, so if there's 20 guys going after them, in five years, sure, sure. I, I know, can see how they, might they react to now that that human I see is a problem, right? Yeah. You know, potentially might have an issue with that. Yeah, sure. It'll, yeah. I'm just just spitballing here. Yeah. yeah. So in between, uh, so obviously you didn't get anything during archery season. In between rifle uh, and archery, did you just decide? We're going to change the game up. This is what we're going to do. Or did you do any more scouting or anything? Where, like that? where was your mind after? After archery. That last day of archery. Totally confused. (laughs) Bewildered and dazed. I mean, because there's just so much land. And uh, so, uh, um, actually, one of the guys that was hunting with me, uh, he was on MDC's website and um, and on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And um, a bunch of experienced elk hunters were kind of, well, these guys don't know what they're doing. They should have called this and they should have done this. And... (laughs) you know, kind of Sunday morning quarterback. And, but this one guy, he's like, Hey, you guys don't, you don't understand. It's completely different down here than out West. It's not the same game. And so the guy that was hunting with me reached out to him and said, Hey, you know, you look like you, you sound like you got a pretty good head on your shoulders. Could we meet up? And so we met up with the guy and just talked to him, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so he was instrumental in showing us, where where they're hanging out you know the the patterns that that he see and he's a hunter he hunts everything hogs and deer and and all kinds of stuff and he's in the woods a lot 
So hooking up with that person, that local person, although he wasn't a quote elk guide, right? He had so much information, and and he knew, and he had friends. You know, all all the hunting community down there, he could call them and he'd say, "Hey, what are you seeing? Where?" Are you? And so that information really gave us some hope because uh, we were just winging it in archery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course that nine days was over, and you're like, oh. Well, yeah. this is half over, and I yeah. saw one one yeah, elk, one you know, the very first morning, and yeah. and nothing since. Yeah, yeah, that's that's got to be a little bit like a little deflating, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so in between, that's what really what you did is you started talking to this guy, yeah, and getting some more information and and almost getting uh, schooled, right? <laughs> on, yeah, you know what you should do when when rifle season, right? Hits. And and what they what they pattern because they, you know, in the rut they all run back to Peck Ranch because that's where the herd, the majority of the cows are on Peck Ranch. So when, when the rut comes, everything comes out of these upper areas where we were in archery and they go to Peck Ranch. Well, that inner core of Peck Ranch, you can't get on to hunt. So after the rut in October, so after archery season, these bulls will start floating back out to their areas of, of dominance, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, so that's the kind of information that, that this guy had was, you know, we're seeing him here. He actually had, of course, there's a whole network of, of hunters down there, and he's getting trail cam picks. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually had a trail cam pick of the bull that I, I harvested from October. So those local people are just invaluable as far as resources uh, to give you information of where they're at. Okay, nice. that's awesome. Okay, so rifle season starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is going to be kind of cool to hear your story because you didn't kill him right off the bat. I mean, it, it took a uh, – what, what day did you harvest him on? Uh, Three or five. Five. Day five. Wednesday, yeah. So, you know, you had five days of – Yeah. Um, okay, this is almost half over. That's <laughs> you know, right. starting to get a little nervous. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I was nervous about day two. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell you know, take us through day one and just every day, you know, what yeah. happened and, and you know – what moves you made and just kind of how yeah. it went. Yeah. So day one, um, uh, we're out, you know, looking, uh, there's food plots. There, <clears throat> there's a lot of food plots that MDC is, uh, co-opt with local farmers. And so I think it's a 75, 25 split, but the MDC has these farmers plant these food plots with turnips and, and other vegetation, but they just kind of look like uh, really nice hay fields from, uh, from my vantage point. But, so we're scouting these um, food plots, and uh, actually we had seen uh, the 5x5 five five, um, that morning. We were going between food plots, and we saw this 5x5 five five cross the road. And so we knew, okay, there's a 5x5 five five in the area, and we knew the food plots were, were down the road some. So we hunted the rest of that morning, didn't see anything, and so... We go back to lunch and we're kind of talking about strategy and we're like, well, let's go back down because there's some fields down close to that five by and let's get in one of those fields and set up. So we do, we go down there and my son and I are sitting in this field and uh, probably we hadn't seen anything and probably about quarter to five, we hear boom from one of the fields down (laughs) below us. And I'm like, well, somebody got one, you know, that's, that's good. And uh, we didn't see any anything, but in talking to the other two of the other hunters the next morning, 
there were three fields uh, within probably a half mile of each other, and we had parked for just for graphics. I'll say we were in, in field A. Mm-hmm. There was also, unbeknownst to anybody else, there was another hunter in field B, and there was another hunter in field C, and <laughs> nobody knew anybody else was there. Right. So we, because the fields were big enough and far enough apart, you couldn't see each other. And uh, so when, when uh, the first gentleman took his, uh, actually the guy in field C was calling, and, and the bull came into field B, and, and he took him there. So I was really just one field off. I'm thinking, man, I saw this bull this morning. I picked the wrong field. I, yeah. How does that happen? You know, but, uh, uh, but still you're, you know, you're excited at that point. You're like, somebody got something. So that's good. It well, can I mean, happen. <laughs> I mean, at that moment, history was made. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, that's the first, first one, uh, legally taken elk in our state in hundreds of years. Right. I mean, and right. even, even, even back when they were here before, I mean, it wasn't like there was a season on them. Right, right? no. That was, that was before that stuff even started. started. So, yeah. yeah, it's, it's you know, that was awesome to hear from my perspective, the very first one being taken. Mm-hmm. Um, because now you, okay, it, they are successful. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, even a one out of five is actually technically a good success rate compared to where we go hunting, Micah. That's 20%, yeah. dude. I yeah. know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think it's – I think where are we in a Like 10, under, under 10 for It's either 9 or 10% yeah. oh, wow. for our tree yeah. success wow. rate. So, so, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that first day at least you're you're going, huh? okay. Yeah, yeah. It can happen. It can happen. That's right. Second day um, we actually went down uh, closer to the river and we saw um, a raghorn just about a nine inch on like one side mm-hmm. maybe and uh a spike and so that kind of gave us hope uh we didn't see anything else in the morning and we went back in the afternoon and uh, saw the same spike and raghorn and actually there was a probably a three by four mm-hmm. um and we actually stalked him because he was a long <laughs> way at the other end of this really long field by the river and my son and i stalked up to him and I had the binoculars on him like at a hundred yards and I'm like, it's day two. I'm not going to take, take that one on day two. You yeah. Know, if it was, if it was Friday, yeah, my, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. What was the rules on, did it have to have a certain amount of points or how, how did they do that? I don't mm, remember. At nine it, inches. You had to have one nine inch, one nine right. inch horn. And, and obviously it. couldn't be a, a cow. Right. 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 I right. knew the cow part, but I wasn't yeah. for sure on as far as the antlers. Yeah. yeah so one. they would have both been legal, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking it's day two. Right. And you know, let's see what the, roll land, the dice here. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what yeah. the land's got. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. Again, if it's Saturday, that probably looks pretty good, but you know, Monday now let's don't do that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm with you. Although I will say first three by four I see in Colorado. Oh yeah. He's getting an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first, first, yeah. First uh, of course, that's a little different. Yeah, yeah right. First right, calf right. I see he's gonna get. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, so so far you're two for two as far as seeing elk. Yeah. You know, day one and day two. So that's I mean that's that's good. Uh, day three hits and I mean you basically stay in the, the same general area. Just kept trying to hit different different fields. Yeah. yeah you mentioned to us earlier before we started talking, you you might be two miles away from where you were another day. Right. Which is you know as a crow is only two miles but it might right. be a, a 45 to an hour yeah. drive yeah so the field where they took the first one uh from there to the field where i took mine five four to four and a half days later uh probably two my uh two miles as the crow flies but to get there it's about a 40 minute drive 
Right. So, and you're just really across the river, but you just can't cross that river. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, if, if you're trying, you're going to try for most of the day in that one field because traveling just eats up all your time. Right. So yeah, day two, that's day two, day three, we tried some other fields, um, south, um, actually south of where I ended up taking my bull and, uh, again, saw another spike, uh, and a cow, um, but nothing, nothing that we were going to take. So that's, um, is that Tuesday? I think that's three days in a row though, that if I'm seeing elk every day, I'm hunting, I'm feeling happy. Yeah. 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 That's, you know? yeah. And our thought down there, cause we had a lot of the local guys and they're like, there's, there's gotta be a herd somewhere, right. somewhere they've herded up, which is kind of unusual for December. Cause their, their process in the past years, after Thanksgiving, those those elk spread out and they see them in these fields, but they're not seeing them. And I mean, none of the hunters were seeing a lot of elk. They were just we, seeing the ones and twos, right? Type thing? Okay. Right. And nobody was seeing the the big ones. Um, so we, you know, the the local guys were just like, man, they're they're herded up some. You you just need to find the herd. There's a herd of them up here. We because they're just it, back together. They were gone off everybody's trail cams. I mean, they were on the trail cams in October. And now it's December and they're gone, you know. So they're like, okay, we don't know really. They're not here in our fields, our farm fields. Mm-hmm. They're herded up somewhere. Okay. So that's, you know, really we're thinking, okay, we're seeing elk every day, but we're not seeing the, there's got to be a herd of them somewhere. Right. So that's what, uh, that's day one. That's day four. Day four and, and day three, we were just trying really different fields. Yeah. Um, and so then, and at some point in there, Sam and, and Mike had taken the two the same day. Are you on that day yet? Have you made it to that day yet in your story? Cause they got theirs. Day they they got theirs. Three. I cannot remember the same day. I know that. No, it was four. Was it day four? Four because okay. you texted me and you said, Hey, f- two and three went down on my code. No pressure. <laughs> you know? Well, and I didn't know who yet. All yeah. I had seen is photos. So I texted Gene. I obviously yeah. saved information and I said, is it you? Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't me. I'm sitting here living vicariously was, through the three guys I talked to, right. you know, uh, a couple months ago. Right. And so, I, I, yeah, I texted Sam, Gene, and Bill all at the same time, just, yeah, two went down. Was it you or not? Yeah. So, uh, at, the, at the end of day three, at the end of day three, we found the herd. So, we were in this field and could hear them. And it was, for me, I've never been around wild elk. The amount of noise that the cows make doing that cow call that you see on TV that are all the hunters imitate. Mm-hmm. The, and I guess my best guess is that's some kind of a locator communication to the herd that, hey, I'm over here. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, and it was evening, probably 40, 30 to 40 animals. They even had a, a calf that looked like it wasn't much bigger than a big German shepherd. I mean, <laughs> compared to the, the six by seven, it was nothing. Right. Yeah. And uh, they were locating, locating, and, and you could see a couple, and then they came across the river. And, of course, that's a lot of noise when all those animals are up. Ne- they're up to their necks. And it's just amazing that they, they came up a bank that I would have to have a rope to pull myself up, you know, just steep and slick, mud. And they just, they just walked it like it was just steps made for them. And they traveled just so effortlessly, even, even the little calf, just effortlessly just right up that. So... Uh, we saw them, and uh, but we weren't set up. Right. So we went back to get s- some gear, and we were going to set up 
where we thought they were going. And uh, we got back, and, and they'd moved out of that field down. It was a long field with an arm to the left. <clears throat> and they'd walked down to the arm on the left, and then they'd shot to, toward the left. We could see the last couple. So we tried to backtrack through the field and get up through the hill to try to cut them off was our thought. Yeah. And um, we got up there, but they were just much faster than – I mean, we were up and down a hill, and they were yeah, walking it, the field. It's, it's amazing how quick yeah. they can move, and, and they're not even trying. Right. You know? And we got – so we walked back out of the field and went around, and it's just like, okay, we'll just sit up here because, you know, they're we don't know really where they're going. Maybe they'll mill back to the field, and uh-huh. when we didn't see anything. So that was, we're like, okay, but we found the herd, you know, so we kind of know where they're at. Mm-hmm. So the, the next morning we set up in the field, we'd seen them in, you know, thinking they're kind of like a deer. They're going to come back to the same field every day, but, uh, they didn't come back to the same field <laughs> that day. So, oh, but you thought, yeah, yeah. So, um, we actually uh, went back around, and there's, and I say a mountain. It's not like a mountain in in Colorado, but it's it's probably a thousand feet. And so we're east, and we go track back to the south and over to the west, and through another cutoff to where some more fields were. And so we stop short of the fields. We get out of the truck, and we just start creeping up to this field to see if we can spot some. And sure enough, we spotted them right. <laughs> right as they went across the road and up to the top of this mountain. I mean, and, and I, I had my Onyx, and I was standing at like 400 feet, and the top of that mountain was 1,085, I think. And they just, it was almost like Spider-Man on a wall. It's yeah. just crazy how they just <laughs> ride up that hill. Yep. Hey, and, I'm going to tell you this. 600 feet elevation change is 600 feet elevation mm. change. Whether you're in Colorado or Missouri. Yeah. Now, the difference is you're going from 9,600 feet to 10,2 in Colorado, sure. Right. So you're, you're, you're going to have to acclimate to that, 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 uh, that atmosphere. Right. 600 feet, 600 feet, and that's no fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, for an elk, it's just. It's nothing. I mean, it's just was, like walking from your living room to your bedroom. It was amazing how, how easily they, they didn't strain. It was just so easy for them to walk that scale, that hill. So, um, Anyway, uh, so we had them kind of bedded down up on the top of that hill, and we think, okay, they're up there, and we'll see what happens. And so we sat. Um, usually in the midday, we'd go back and get lunch, and but we'd been so close to them, mm-hmm. we're like, man, they'll, maybe they'll come back down here and feed tonight. And uh, we sat all day, and uh, they did not come back down. <laughs> <laughs> they did not. Uh, they didn't get the memo, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. But don't uh, you know I'm here trying to get you? You're yeah. supposed to come. <laughs> yeah, come on down. So that was the end of day four. But did, we f- we felt good. Did you guys try any calling or anything like that? Yeah, and and I I got the mouth call that you guys recommended. The uh, you know the one mm-hmm. from I can't remember the the name of the place, but uh, and I could make a pretty good cat. I couldn't do a bugle. I'm sorry, but I tried. But uh, it it is difficult to do actually behind you in my my closet there, Gene. Oh, okay. on, oh yeah, two of the bugle tubes. Yeah. And, I'll practice on those things all all year long, and I still don't sound like yeah. what I want to sound like. But yeah. the cow calling's a little easier. Yeah, um, you know, you can get the hang of it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you could, you know, and they would call, but uh, you know, that bull was up there, and, and he was bugling. I mean, it was beautiful to hear because when we were trying to come in and see him uh, to walk up on him, we heard him up on the up on that mountain, and it's like, oh my gosh, you just you see that on TV, and you think. 
that's pretty cool. But when you're that close to him, it's really cool to hear Mm -hmm. that bugle and all those cows talking back and forth. So uh, we tried some. Uh, I don't know if we just weren't good enough at it or he was just up there with his cows and and his group. There were some spikes in there. There was one one five-by-four, maybe five-by-four, I think, with them in the group. But they were just like, you know, I'm up here in my mountain, and I'm not coming yeah. down to see you. It's at all. difficult to bring a bull off his away from his herd when he's got him. Right. What what incentive does he have to travel 600 feet elevation right. down or a quarter mile away mm-hmm. when he's got his right. 80 yeah. cows with him? What, yeah. What do I need to go see that one cow down there for? Yeah, and we listened to him. You know, they were vocal for a while when they were up on the top milling around. It was something that we couldn't get up. You know, obviously, if we could have, we would have tried. But uh, and then probably. You know, nine thirty in the ten o'clock in the morning, you just didn't hear them anymore, mm-hmm. and so that's what that's when we were like, well, we know where they're at, and surely he's going to bring them down to these fields again, and so we we sat all day, and uh, you know it was a long day, but we kind of thought, well, at least we've seen them, and we've seen them twice, right? So they're in this area of four or five fields. We just have to hit the jackpot. Right. Got to find that right field. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, that was day four. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were discouraged after day four because, man, we'd sit there all day. It was a long day. Yeah. And cold, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, we'd already sat in rain one day. That was, you know, it's no fun. But uh, we did it. So we went to bed pretty discouraged, but we thought, you know what, we're going to go back to that field and, and in the morning. And so uh, we went back to the big field initially, the field that we last saw him in, and uh, we we crept in um, down the road, and there was nothing. I mean, we just got there and didn't see anything. You know, like, oh, man. So, <laughs> you know, here we go again. Right. You know. That raghorn was starting to look a lot right, better. <laughs> right. It's Wednesday, and I'm like, let's just go shoot that thing. How, how far are you guys having to travel off the roads or where you guys are parking your vehicles and stuff like that? Is it a long ways back in there, or is it fairly close, or – uh, usually, I mean, we knew where the, the fields are right on the side of the road, you know, uh-huh. there's a road and there'll be a strip of uh, timber and brush and thorns and whatever. Sure. And then the field is right there. So you can drive by and see them. Um, we did see a few that way, just driving by. We, mostly we saw cows, yeah. uh, but what we would like for this one, we knew where the road had a 90. So we parked at the top of the hill past the 90, and then we walked down the, down the hill and around. So they, you know, we were pretty close to the field when we actually, when they could have seen us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that field was probably 300 yards long. And okay. we, we walked all the way down to the end of that field that morning mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, actually got out there some brush. Uh, there's some big stands of t- timber out in the middle of the fields mm-hmm. and walked out into there thinking, okay, well, you know, there's, there's some land on the backside that we can't see. And if they probably can't see us. So we went out there, you know, thinking, okay, let's go out there and see if there's something on the back, but we didn't see anything. But, okay. uh, uh, so anyway, we decided to back out. Hadn't seen anything. Obviously they're probably still not, you know, up on that mountain, you know, at this point or that hill. And so we went down, um, back out on the road and probably down a mile and a half and got in another field, uh, which we'd seen them in. It was one of the ones we'd seen them in. We thought, well, they're not there. Let's go try this one. So we set up and, and pretty soon here's the herd. So this, this is, 
you know, we, we find the big one, but it's not really a big field and there's a lot of cows in front of him and you, you know, you're trying to find where the spikes are and, and, you know, I'm excited. My heart's just like out of my throat at this how, point. How many elk were out there? I mean, give or take, you know, probably, probably 40, oh, 35 wow. or 40. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's cool. That, that's there really was, cool. yeah, it was the whole thing's been once in a lifetime Yeah, for me, but, um, yeah, so it's a big group of them and, and you can see the spikes and, and of course he stood out, but you know, whether he planned it or not, he happened to be in the back and all these <laughs> cows and other things are between me and him. And, uh, so we, we kind of got set up to take a shot and, um, my first shot, I think I just totally missed him just right over his back. I was just so nervous and, uh, I'm not going to lie. How long did it take him to give you a shot? Um, he probably came up in there. It, it was probably 15, 10 minutes. It wasn't long. It seemed it's like a long an, time I mean, to, I mean, to wait. It yeah, seemed to, like an eternity. To sit there and look at him, though. I mean, and, that's a long time. And you're trying to think, well, if I got a shot and, and there's cows in the way and you don't want to shoot a cow. And, right. And, and um, so it's, it seemed like an hour, but I know it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. probably 10, maybe 15 minutes. And decided to take one, and I, I did. I just, I don't even think I, I don't think I came close. I was ashamed of it, but <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was bad. You know, you waited all this time and you miss. We've how all been so there. How far away was he? Oh, he was probably seventy-five yards, kind of uphill and mm-hmm. against the brush. He was kind of hanging on that back brush side. Okay. There was a little drop over. I mean, but that's still pretty close. So you were like, y'all were right yeah. up in there my, with him. My throat was just like, and and then. Uh, he took off running while I hit him, and he didn't go down, but they went. So your the, your first shot, you thought you missed, but you didn't? No, you, no, I took a second okay, shot. Okay, gotcha. I took a second shot, um, and they were running, and then I got a third at him on the run. and I took So I took a third shot as he was going, like, up over the hill. And so at that point, you're like, Phew. I'm the worst hunter in the history of ever hunting. I should have my gun taken away, you know. And, uh, but so we went out and, and we looked for blood. And, um, I think I actually hit him on the second one from, mm-hmm. from where the blood was. Um, my son, who's in much better shape than I am, he actually went up into the woods and there was a hill and he went up to the top of the hill and kind of looked over and he, he could see him and he says, he's up there, he's limping. You know, so you hit him. So we're like, well, okay, that's good. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all the recon we've got. But we got blood on the ground, and he's limping. Uh-huh. So didn't know where the shot hit him. But um, so as a group, we're like, okay, let's just back out. I, you know, I've already seen how these suckers can move. If you push him, he'll probably run for days. Sure, You'll never so, see him again. So, and that was hard. You oh, know, I that, bet that was tough for me because I, you know, I, I want I, number one, I want to finish it. You know, and and uh, and now you got all this doubting in your in your mm-hmm. mind and what's going on. So we backed out, and from the proximity on the on the map on the onyx, you can see he went up the up into this hill, and on the back side of that hill was the original field we looked in earlier in the morning. It was a ways over there, but so our thinking is okay. Well, he's not going to want to stick around this field where he just got shot. So our thought was maybe he'll migrate to that field or up onto that mountain where he was the, the day before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, if I was a human, that's what I do, but I'm, I'm not an elk. So, but that was just my, you know, our 
our thinking. Mm-hmm. So we went around and we're watching the field um, where we'd seen him the day before. Kind of, We were kind of in, in between the two places. We weren't really in the field, but we could see it. But we were over in the woods where we could see the crest of the hill that he should be behind. Mm-hmm. And um, so as we're sitting there, you could, you could kind of hear it a little bit in a distant. But we looked up, and there's the herd coming, and he's there. Um, probably 125 yards. I mean, it's just like a long hill. I don't know. It's, it's steeper than a 45, but he's at the top. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm just trying to get positioned. Um, uh, I'm trying to get something to rest my, I didn't have my shooting sticks. We left them in the truck. So I'm trying to get a sapling or something that I can rest my gun on. So, so it's a better shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, is he still limping at this point? Can you tell? I couldn't tell he was moving, but there was, a, there was still a lot of cows yeah. milling around him, you know, in front of him and behind him. So there was, uh, I had to get the binoculars to really locate him because there was so much movement up there and the trees and the cows. So it was kind of tough to pick him out. Um, but we got in position and, um, I finally, I got a shot and, and it was, fr- it was frontal straight on and I, I hit him. And it was, um, I told my wife later, it was kind of like the matrix. He just kind of absorbed it. He just kind of hunched up with his <laughs> shoulders and he did, it did not, I didn't raise him off the ground. And then he just kind of went back down and I'm like, that would have put a white tail. It would have flipped him. Yeah. Cause I mean, it was a, it was a 185 grains, you know, I mean, and he just kind of absorbed. It was just, it really was, it was like the matrix. It's like mm-hmm. they shot something at the, at the guy in the matrix and but he turned and he stepped uh, behind a tree and then stepped clear of it and when he stepped clear of it i knew i'd hit him i didn't know he wasn't going down Mm -hmm. um so i put another one into him and and that knocked him down and uh he ended up he did turn around but he didn't he just turned like 180 and probably it's just from the shock of the bullet yeah and and he was down at that point so tough animals yeah, really tough. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe. Like I said, when I shot him in, in the – I thought was in the sternum, in the chest, I thought that would drop him. Right. And he just literally just – it's almost like he'd, like he'd slapped him and he just shook it off and put his legs – it's just like it didn't phase him at <laughs> all. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, the, those servant animals, whitetail, elk, mule deer, they've, they've got this will to live that is almost uh, – you got to respect them. Oh, I mean, I just yeah. if if nothing else for that alone, this yeah. will they have to. I mean, I had a similar situation. We've talked about it on our show with a whitetail this year, shooting him with a three hundred wind mag right in the shoulder on a third shot, and he just took it like Mike Tyson would have taken a punch. Wow, yeah. And you're just sitting there going, "How do they do that? How do you do that?" And right. Died ten seconds later. Right. But it, yeah, they're they're amazing animals. Yeah. So we've we've seen it up close with our group in elk hunting too, mm-hmm. where they yeah. they do not want to die. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, and like I said, that first one, I, I would have probably flipped a white tail up on his back. I, I mean, I hit him square, yeah. and he just absorbed it. It was amazing to see. Really was. So you obviously know he's down now because you watched him fall after that that third shot. Yeah. Did y'all give him uh, some time or anything like that before you went up there? Or? No, we went and got our other guys, and once we knew he was down, we put the binoculars on him, and he wasn't going going anywhere, and mm-hmm. so. 
we went and got the other guys that were hunting with us, and I got I was screaming pretty loud because <laughs> I was pretty dang excited. I really was. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, so what what was that feeling? The first, you know, I try to let, try to paint this picture when we talk about these stories. What was the first thing you thought when you put your hands on them? You know, what uh, what emotions were going through your mind? Well, I, I tell you, before I got there, I'm at the bottom of the hill, and I'm the youngest guy by at least. 13 or 14 years in the group that's with and so my son's already up there and and i'm walking up and i it's just the enormity of it it just hit me sure i mean i broke out in a sweat and i'm trying to get up this hill and and i just had to, i had to stop i got sick uh right there against a tree <laughs> oh man and, and it just <laughs> i i don't know how to explain it i mean it's it's joy and yet you've just taken this animal's life. And, and so you respect that animal, mm-hmm. you know. And then w- when I got up to him, um, I, I, in fact, they, one of my guys took a video of it. But I, I didn't even know I counted the points, just like you do a, a whitetail. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, you see those guys on TV and they, and they say thank you. And I'm like, I can see why they say thank you. Oh, yeah. Cause this is an amazing animal and, and you have to respect it. I mean, after, after chasing it for really two, two days, mm-hmm. you know, and finally taking it, it's, it's just, it, it humbled me that, that I had taken it, you know, and, and taken his life. And, and so you're kind of humbled by the whole thing. I mean, you're, you're still overjoyed and you're, you know, right. But in some of the, in fact, the picture that was on MDC, uh, the guy that was taking the picture said, Hey, you got to smile and i can't yeah i was just i was i was just thinking about the whole thing and i just it wasn't like joy you know it wasn't like haha i took this this elk and i can't no it's not like that a little bigger than that yeah the whole thing was just so much bigger than than that yeah you know and then the the whole thing about missouri's first elk hunt and then yeah the whole thing last year and and it just it it was humbling to to kneel down by that animal Mm -hmm. yeah no, I could definitely see it. I mean, not to go too deep in in uh, like psychology and life, but I mean, when you're at a point in your life last year where you don't even think you're going to be standing on this earth anymore. Yeah, and, and, and probably we probably need a recap. What was it, a year ago that you were were you diagnosed, or is that when you got over you had you had cancer? Yeah, right? I had cancer, mm-hmm. um, and I got diagnosed in late July. My treatment was over in October. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, there was, there was a couple times my wife is a nurse and, um, there was a couple times she was reading, uh, my kidneys were, were shutting down because of the chemo and, and, and the radiation. And, uh, there was a couple times she was, she was getting ready to call my kids and say, if you want to see him, you better get here because right. I don't think he's going to make it through the night. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, looking back on that and, and, and then to get the chance to do this just was, Hey, you just think about you go from, I don't even know if I'm going to be standing on this earth in a year from now. Yeah. To, I'm standing here as one of the first five people that get to hunt elk in the state I live in. Right. And I'm standing next to it. Yeah. It, you know, it actually yeah. happened. And there's a lot of people, even if all those things hadn't happened to you and you're, you know, you were living a, a normal, healthy life before that, there's a lot of people, I'm, I'm one of them, people have different opinions on how you should act and it really it's different for every individual that harvest an animal, but me, myself, and I'm only speaking for myself is I, I do feel a sense of remorse when I take an animal's life. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm I'm crying about it, but there's a certain sense of, hey, I'm not you know jumping up and down for joy, right? That I just you know took this animal's life. Am I happy? Yeah, but it does take a minute. I, I definitely am one of those guys that is weird, and I talk to the animal when I walk up to it and yeah. say thanks and things like that. So you're obviously one of those folks. I mean, yeah. that's just how it is. That's, yeah, it's that's, just, I think a good thing. Yeah, it's just you know you're just sitting there looking at and and. I hate to say pulling the trigger is the easy part, you know, oh, sure. the, the pursuit and, and to find the animal, especially in those conditions down there. Uh, you know, uh, some of the people commented on the, on the MDC page about, well, how could you do that? And you're smiling and, and, but they probably don't know my whole story, no, you they know, don't. And, and they don't understand hunting, you know, right. they, they don't they, understand yeah. that MDC is trying to do something. They're trying to, take away some bulls, some dominant bulls, so they can introduce different genes in, into the breeding uh, pattern. So there's a lot that goes into it. Am, am I smiling in that picture? Yeah, I'm smiling ear to ear because I'm thrilled to death. But, again, I, I, I'd stopped halfway up the hill, and it just hit me. I just leaned over a tree and, and vomited because yeah. it just I just flushed. I mean, just the whole thing just came over me. So and You're about to eat for a long time, too. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah. you tried any of the meat yet? Did you take it here? I know you took it to a processor. Have you gotten anything back? Or oh no, we but now we went. It was real cold down there. It was like sixteen at night. So we we did take some backstrap, a small piece of it, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we cooked it. And mm-hmm. uh, boy, it was tender. It's good stuff. Yeah, right? it was good stuff. It and really you need was. to, if you're not, you need to get some of it ground up. Uh, those elk burgers we yeah. made. Elk oh man, they're awesome. good. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy him for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you said you're going to get some jerky made. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's some also summer pretty good. So, um, well, Mike and myself, Andy couldn't be here tonight, um, but congratulations. I appreciate and it. When when I found out you got it, I was, you know, I I'm happy for all five of you, um, getting the opportunity to hunt, but especially yourself and Sam. Because yeah. I, I got to talk to you. Sure. You know, we got yeah. to talk to you guys. Yeah. We know you a little bit. You know, yeah. we know you a little better than the other two. And congrats to Mike and um, uh, Joe as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was definitely pulling for you guys. Yeah. And so yeah. I was really happy for you. Um, you know, and you're, and you're a little more local to us than right. the other yeah. guys are. I mean, you live in – I grew up in the same area. Uh, so um, we're excited for you. We have, we're happy for you. Um, we're going to be – I'm going to be – once you get that, that thing mounted – and hanging on your wall, I'm going to be knocking on your door one day to go, hey, I'm look at that guy. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're super proud of you. Yeah, uh, that, That's terrific that you got the job done. And you stuck with it when you, you know, had a little bit of a mishap on the first try. Yeah. You know, you stuck with them because that can get difficult uh, yeah. really quickly is trying to figure out what to do and staying on them. And do you back out? Do you not? Mm-hmm. Right. All those questions that yeah. we all have when we're hunting whitetails and whatever else. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, once we, like I said, once we saw how they could move, you know, it just, we talked as a group and we're like, you know what, let's not push that dude because he can put a lot of miles between us and him real fast. He can be 30 miles away on you. Yeah. And so we just kind of backed out. And I mean, that was obviously the smart move to make. Yeah, it it played out. I mean, because, you know, it, he either could have died that night because you don't know how good the shot was. Right. Or, like you said, he could have pushed away, but y'all made the smart move and you found him that morning, yeah. you know, and he was still alive. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he definitely could have 
Yeah, probably. Uh, it was probably forty-five minutes from the time the first shot to the time we, that he dropped. Yeah. I mean, total. Did yeah. you did you see where that first shot ended up hitting? Because in my just the way I heard the story, I, I doubt that first shot was probably going to be fatal. No, nah, it was back in in yeah. the if it it was in the hip. Yeah, he was moving across. So he, he might have lived for a while. On yeah, that. I yeah. think he may have, he may have outlived that shot. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was fatal unless it got something internal, a kidney yeah. or something. You know, if it, if it back if it really hurt him, I would have figured he would have went and bedded down somewhere. Yeah, um, and you know, to hear forty five minutes later he's still up with his herd. Yeah, you know, just I mean, they're so like we said, they're so damn tough. Yeah, that I mean, he's sitting there with a friggin' bullet in his back hip, and yeah, he's back at. You know, yeah. life. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it would have put him down if that was the only one I got on him. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's it wasn't the perfect hunt. It wasn't like one shot, and and but uh, a lot of them aren't like that either. Sure, you know, I've had a lot of very few of them. Where yeah, you get one shot and drop them. So uh, yeah, we try to do that every sure. time, but it just doesn't happen. And yeah. I mean, imagine thinking, oh, holy hell, there's an elk in front of me. I'm about to, you know, in Missouri, uh, you know, this is happening. Yeah. I can see where the 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 level of anticipation and all that starts really building really quick on that first shot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but Especially it was, when you got to wait 10 minutes or whatever it was to yeah. take that first shot. Oh yeah. yeah. I've been antsy. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, congratulations, Gene. Thank you. We're, we're happy for you guys. Um, and we're excited to, to bring these stories to, you know, the different, the, all the listeners sure. in our, our area, yeah. uh, they're going to be able to hear, you know, at least a few of the stories from the, the first five as I'm t- coining them. Yeah. I don't know. There you go. I don't know why I thought of that, but, Works pretty easy. First, final four, <laughs> first, first five. five. The final there four, first five. So, uh, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. And uh, you got anything else for him, Micah? Gene, you got anything? No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. That's the show today. Congrats again to both Sam and Gene. And the other guys, obviously. Uh, yep. Goes without saying. Uh, thanks, Gene, for coming down. That was really cool. Yep. Good to meet him in person. It's kind of oh, yeah. cool to put a face with a name sometimes. Yeah. It's all, I mean, it's always better. It we we can't do this what we're doing all the time in person, but it's really nice whenever the circumstances line up and we can't do it in person. So much we, more fun. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. You know, you, it's just it just flows better and stuff like that. So we really appreciate him taking time out of his day to travel down here and see us and you know do the show. So thank yeah. you, Gene. Yeah, and um, just appreciate the stories that they were able to tell us. Yeah, it's, I mean, both of them. They had really good stories. And, I mean, you know, it's going into this, I thought it was going to be like shooting fish in a barrel, to be honest. If I'm just being honest, I kept, you know, I might have said that in previous. but And it wasn't that way, you know, especially during the archery season. Right. From the two guys that we did talk to, it sounded like they couldn't even find them hardly. Oh, you know, so. After archery season was over and nobody killed anything, I, I actually thought nobody's going to get anything here in Missouri. Yeah, you know? Well, but. I was, I mean, because you don't know how much time, because us, we're obviously big archery guys. So I would have put a lot of my cards on that table. Yeah, I I'd have been, been down there nine and, straight and, days. And that, yeah, right. I would have done that that way. And that's not the case for everybody. So I understand that. And then obviously archery season is a lot harder anyways for anything so it but so i was nervous but i still was nervous coming into the rifle season. i mean act i act like i had a tag or something but <laughs> i mean it so yes coming into rifle it was getting a little nerve-wracking I'd be like man nobody got nothing you figured at least you were thinking one would have got something yeah or something and then done. like the freaking floodgates open oh within what was it three well four days uh, yeah i can't remember if joe killed his on the opening day or the second day i always mess up i feel like it was the second day but all right yeah, let's I just can't. say it was second nobody yeah. take my word for it but right 
you know, and then, then Sam and Mike, I believe, got two the same day, and uh-huh. then the next day or the day after that, he, Gene got fifth day, right? Sure, I'm pretty sure it was fifth. So. I just listened to it, and I already forgot. <laughs> and then Gene, you know, it's like boom, 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 and and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, excited for the guys. Um, you know, they're they're getting to harvest some elk, and yeah, um, think of all that freaking elk meat that oh, we don't get to eat. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when we go go up there, see Gene. Maybe he'll give us some jerky or Ooh, something oh, like that. Yeah. We'll beg for it. So uh, anyway, congrats to all them guys. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We threw this together last second because we thought it would be a great time to have these guys on right after it happened. Mm-hmm. So hope you enjoy it. Um, make sure to subscribe to our show if you get a chance. Leave us a review on any platform that you listen to. Uh, check us out on our Instagram. Yep. Uh, what is it? At Missouri Woods and Water, all spelled out. Yep. Facebook page is probably the same thing. Um, you know, check those out. Um, give us a follow. Tell uh, tell a friend. <laughs> tell a friend. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate all the support. And um, once again, congrats to our, our elk hunters. Anything else? Have a good one. See you, dude.